I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord, but you don't really care for Luke Skoknet taking it out of the end zone to the 10 to the 15, cuts to the 20, 25, 30, broke it, 40, 45, 50, 40, run Luke, run, can you believe it, can you believe it, 102 yard kick return, touchdown North Dakota, how about that? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's the snap, give it to Gavin. Gavin cuts inside, touchdown, North Dakota! It's a Z-burst, and UNT reclaims the lead. Well, your faith was strong, but you needed proof. You saw her bathing on the roof, her beauty in the moonlight overthrew you. So North Dakota State to punt it away, 325 remaining here in the first quarter, and it's a block punt! North Dakota blocked the punt with a pound! UND, it's a block party! How about that? Heading in Malachi McNeil, I believe, got his hand on it. Well, the tide turned again, this house is rattling. Hallelujah. 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 Baby, I've been here before. I've seen this room and I've walked this floor. Tommy, quick screen, caught by Luke, he's got a block, scoop, scoop the five, scoop the dives, touchdown North Dakota! Oh, Luke Scotta is in for the second time today! Since Dahlquist in motion, here's the quick toss to Luke. Get in there, Luke. Touchdown, Luke Skopta. Touchdown, North Dakota. 27 17, UND. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's a God above. Under center now comes back out, looking to his left. Now he can't hear a thing. Nobody can. Snap is made. He looks to the left and the pass down. He's got a man. It's jumped. The run is jumped and is picked off. North Dakota with an interception. CJ Single 50. 45. Cuts it into 40. 25. 30. 25. CJ Single. Yes. on that play. North Dakota football. Yes, sir. Zebar seems to have been the man in this series to get back to Gavin. Gavin's got a save. He reaches over. Touchdown, North Dakota. Gavin Zebar with a Zebers. Tommy Schuster rolling out to his right. Tommy cocks his arm underneath the ball. is caught by Belquist, and he does an inverted twist. Is he in? He is. Touchdown, Bill Belquist. And that could be your dagger. Touchdown, North Dakota! 41-17. Tommy Gunn out of the gun. Z-Barth on his left hip to give it to Z-Barth, and he finds a save! And he broke it 40! This 
This is the exclamation point. 15, 10, 15. It's over. It's over. It's over. North Dakota leading 28 17. 50. Nine yard run. Have a day, Gavin. This is Digger Anderson, and you're listening to UND Football 360. The Hawks dominate in a historic takedown of the Bison. This week, they head to Cedar Falls to battle a Panther squad looking to get back on track. It's UND versus UNI, and this is UND Football 360. This is UND Football 360, Shannon Schweigert along with former Fighting Sioux All-American Kelly Howe and 2001 national champ Matt Nelson. And fellas, take a run. You can't knock the smile off my face. (laughs) I had a great Sunday and Monday this week. Tuesday was pretty good, too. Here we are on Wednesday. (laughs) Wednesday is starting out pretty good, too. We're still smiling. Uh, This show originates... In the belly of the beast. We record yep. this show in Fargo, North Dakota, in 20 years of angst, 20 years oh. of condescension. <laughs> Everything has flowed off after what was a butt-whooping by the Fighting Hawks, right. controlled all three aspects of the game, and we threw it back to Digger Anderson because it was a long 20 years between yep. Digger's stop in overtime right. and what we saw Saturday. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that tackle till Saturday. Not much happened good for us in that time as far as this rivalry. Yeah, not, That's right. Not in this game, yeah. Yeah, so game. no, it was – that was impressive. Um, after the game, I tweeted, hey, credit to the staff and the players. They did it. You know, the fans were great. Fans were electric. They, they fed them energy. So the fans did their part. But the players just made the play. They – how many times did we say are – just believe. Do they have the right. belief? Believe, right. believe, believe. We kept saying and it in our last podcast, right? Senior leadership. Those se- right. Some of those seniors on that no. team, and underclassmen too, but you really saw that the the seniors on our team and the fifth-year guys really knew what this was about, and that was really fun to watch. I had a chance uh, to visit with former Fighting Sioux coach Dale Lennon at an event last night, and Bubba had praised Dale for how he spoke to the team on Friday. And Dale said to me, he said, you know, you kind of look in the guy's eyes and see if they have it, if they believe, if they have that it. And he mm-hmm. said, on Friday, I walked in there, they were focused. And he said, I didn't have to do a lot, although Bubba <coughs> said he did a fantastic job yeah. um, with what he said to the team. But Dale said, I was looking around the room, and they had it. Right, ready to go. I mean, we've, Matt, you know that look. I mean, when you get to Friday of a game like mm-hmm. this and you and you believe and you're not worried, I mean, I'm sure there was a little bit of worry because, right, goddamn, right, right. we never beat them, right? Right. But when the, all of a sudden they got that eye in them, they got that crazy, whoa, God, yeah. maybe maybe things are a little bit different. Yeah. You know, heading into Saturday, uh-huh. we didn't – I'm sure everyone who was betting on the game wish they'd have known they had that look. Right. But, yeah. Right. Well, on Thursday night, I, I ran into Coach Freund at the at the banquet, and I'm like, "Well, are, you know, how's the locker room? How are the how are the guys? Because that that was one of our yeah. concerns coming into this. Are we?" And 
and he's like, oh, yeah, we're ready to go. And I'm like, okay, all right, cool. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what Danny told me. Too. Yeah, we should be able to run the ball. You know, I think we should. And I go, yeah, you know, I tell you, we're doing a pregame talk. I said, all right, you know, what else? What are you looking for? Okay, thanks. You know, just so we can prep for the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we should be able to run the ball. I think we should have. <laughs> well, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Run the, I mean, every play. I didn't know it was every play. Right. You right, know, right, but right, right. it was like, oh, my God. But, yeah. yeah. So, th- so I, I think uh, the coaches did a fantastic job in just preparing our guys into what this game is about and how, how, where you have to be mentally. And yep. you saw that on the field. 100%. Well, we said. It, we said in the in the podcast, we said, uh, "Hey, every every play matters, right? Mm-hmm. Every play, you got to regroup, focus back in. This isn't Western Illinois. Every play, and it seemed like they kind of did that." We are going to break it down further in the Kelly Howe Agency Nodak Mutual Insurance Rewind. But before we do that, we're going to thank our sponsors. UND Football 360 is sponsored by Rumors Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. I wonder if Billy has closed yet since Saturday. <laughs> I, I think he's been open, and he's probably got fines from uh, Grand Forks yeah. Police Department, which everybody will fund the fines <laughs> to keep <laughs> going. wave them. Yep. Uh, There's a tip jar. That'll yeah, there'll be a yeah. tip jar. <laughs> also brought to you by Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, the Kelly Howe Agency, Nodak Mutual Insurance, and Interstate Industrial. And we also have to have a shout-out to the great Jack Michaels uh, for sending us the clips in our opening montage. Um, fellas, let's jump right into it. This is the Kelly Howe Agency Nodak Mutual Insurance Rewind. 49-24, Hawks. What are your first thoughts on that performance, Kelly? It was a team that was locked in. It was a team that was sick of hearing from fans, sick of hearing from us, sick of being, you know, hey, let's. I want to see a good – Big plays in a big game. How many times have I said that? Right. Over the last right. five years. Right. Big plays in a big game. They got to make big plays. Oh, my God. How many big plays well, did they, they make? They saved them all up for this yeah, game. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, I mean, they took it to another level. It's right. like, I right. mean, I was asking for one. You know, one minutes. game changer, right? How about, how about that one? 60 minutes. Yep. Gavin Zebarth rips off 59 oh, yards geez. on the last series. They scored. The Hawks punted once and turned it over on downs once. They scored on seven of nine possessions, seven touchdowns, seven of nine possessions. It was just – it was as complete a game as I've ever seen them play against a quality opponent right. because it's hard to tell if you're playing a complete game against a bad team. You're playing a quality high-end team that's used to winning national championships and they're your main in-state rival, and you play it's, a complete game in all three phases is unbelievable. I mean, I obviously nobody expected it. No, and it's everything that we've we've wanted out of this team, and and we we've seen it. We we've seen the potential in this team, and and mm-hmm. trying to pull that out of them, and and it was just fun to watch that. Just the guys locked locked in that you said, Kelly, and and man, this this game was. They finally took it personal, like you said. They right. they finally took it personal in state rival. Yeah. You know, they got sick of it, and. They they had to lose a couple times to them, and then hear about it, and then hear all the condescension and all this other stuff, all the other noise for a couple of years, and finally uh, they let them have it on Saturday. I have a question for you guys because you know I've been kind of monitoring, and and again, media is media, fans are fans, and you know what's important. The the greatest thing I saw, and and I saw it on the idiot board. It's someone who I know who this poster is, and he is the voice of reason when we come on. He knows who he is. I'm not going to identify. Mm-hmm. Um, but he came on and said, all that noise only 
the only people that matter going into the game, and he said this post-game, was those players. They're the only people that matter. They're only the only ones that can affect the outcome of this game. So all that noise really goes away. But I want to talk about post-game noise a little bit and just get your feedback on this. Um, there has been, um, in the time since the dismantling um, of this uh, Bison team on Saturday, um, Bison faithful, the five percenters, and some of their media, all they want to talk about is, is the dynasty over, is the downside, we got hit by this, we got hit by that. Is that a knock on the Fighting Hawks? I haven't heard a lot about no. where the Hawk program has come. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I, I, it's, hard, it's hard to quantify that because they've been so high on the top so every good. year. So, so it's like, of course they're dropping. Okay, we got that. They're dropping. But I think their issue, number one, I called it. I told you, if you want to, the only way the empire dies is if you lose to UND. I said it five years ago. I said it 10 years ago on Twitter. I said, the only way this thing's going to fall apart is if you lose to UND. And then it implodes internally, internal combustion. Right. Okay, it implodes. Nuclear okay. meltdown. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it's starting. It's starting. But yep. here's the other issue that I think they're – they don't want to talk about UND. That's fine. They don't, want to, they don't want to give them credit. They, I mean, they know UND is a fine team, but they don't want to talk about them. So the issue that I'm sensing in Fargo is just the lack of talent that was on the field. I mean, call it what it is. Okay, there was a lack. Of, we were better. If you can name me one position group that you would take of theirs over ours after watching the game Saturday, let me know what it is because I don't want it. Okay, because after the game. Now, there might be a group. I don't know. But on Saturday, they didn't have one group that was better than ours. And even, you know, I do my 50-yard my 50 line test, look left or right. This year, no, no. It was the, every year NDSU looked bigger in a defensive line in particular, mm -hmm. always is bigger than ours, right? Six four, two eighty guys on the defense line. It's like, oh boy, okay, we're not going to be running between the tackles today, right? Those guys weren't on the field. Mm -hmm. I saw six one, six two, two fifty to two seventy. That's a big. Big difference, you it guys. It is a big difference. Uh, and, 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 oh, big difference. You're seeing the finger pointing of what's going on internally. Right. And, well, it, it's coming up about recruiting and we need to do more fundraising and all these other things yeah. that, that they're finger pointing. And, you know, we need to fire this guy, get rid of this guy, yeah. hire this guy. That stuff and, doesn't and, come out unless you lose to and, UND. Unless that's you right. You lose to UND right. and then that stuff comes right. out. You they know, don't care when you lose to South Dakota. They do not care. They don't, they don't care if they lose it to Brookings. They don't care if they lose to Vermilion. Lose to UND and – Everything comes out of the work. Right. Everybody's unhappy. And, and that's the yeah. compliment right, right. there. Right? Yeah, right. And, and credit to this show. It's not like UND's bad either, you guys. They're right. acting like UND, so we're top ten in the country. We are top ten. So. But, but that's <laughs> why I wanted to ask the question. Um, and credit to this show. We have recognized the unprecedented run of North Dakota State. Be it they are right. our most significant rival. They are the bane of our existence because we have to live in the metro and we have, to, um, we have to listen to it. But the point is this show has always credited um, where credit is due. Think of all their NFLers. Think of right. their dominance, right. 9 of 12. And all I can think of for the current team is somebody had to be there when the wheels started rattling and this North Dakota 
uh, game on Saturday, those wheels are really starting to wobble and the confidence is shaking. But credit the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks because this is a big win for them. It's a signature win right. for the program. And we're going to see where it takes them because you got to follow it up. Right. you got to follow no, it up. This is I not tweeted. time the to end move of the on. season. Time to move on. Yep. And 24-hour rule, and right? You know, I, tried, right. I tried to abide by it. It wasn't easy. And, we are <laughs> going to, and, yeah. and we're going to do that in this show, too. This is a rewind segment. So we do this every week. We rewind uh, the big win, and we're going to get into that right now. And then we're going to turn the page, and we're going to start talking about the UNI Panthers in yep. segment two. But, Kelly, let's jump back into the rewind of this game. I got a tweet from our guy who's – our former guy at the Grand Forks Country Club, Doug Iverson, super fan, he sent me a DM. He's like, I expect a two-hour show, and I expect 119 minutes of it to be recapping the game. <laughs> <laughs> Fans are fired up. But, yeah, I got a page full of notes here, just stuff that, you know, stuff you know, stuff you might not know about how the game went. Um, I found out after the game – UND made zero checks on defense in the game. Remember how we talked about simpler is better. Too many checks, right? Yeah, I, I mean, right. We, we beat the drum to death. Everybody, yeah. you all should know. Everyone listening to me say that should know by now if you listen to our podcast. Too many checks at Weber, NDSU, South Dakota State last year. Way too It was just chaos, right? Playing slow. Mm-hmm. UND made zero checks in the game. They identified the personnel. They sent in the call. The only thing they changed was, which you have to do, is if is the strength, if they motioned. Correct, yep. Field boundary. Because everything's field boundary these days because they change tight ends so much. You can't yep. really go, right. you know, you can't do strength stuff all the time. You do field boundary, and you just call. So if they had a pressure coming, they change from field to boundary, boundary to field. It, it, that's all that would change. Well, that's not changing anything because UND is a symmetrical defense. You know, it's a 3-4 is a symmetrical defense. So if the pressure was coming from the right, now it's coming from the left. They all know it. They've, they've worked on it a ton of time. They look across, make a little signal. Yep. Boom, we all got it. Other guys now in coverage. You know what I mean, type of thing? That's it. That's all they did. There was zero. I mean, let think about that. Zero. They didn't do anything. <laughs> they just said, all right, trust the call we're sending in and run it correctly. And then pin your ears back and go, and you saw right. that. Where well, And what was amazing is that, you know, like Ben McDebo, like, there really it didn't look like there was a stunt on. We weren't blitzing. He just beat a guy and got to the quarterback. That's what we've been talking about. That's what we needed to do. We needed to beat a guy one-on-one, and we were able to do that on Saturday, which is amazing because NDSU's uh, offensive line is still really they're good. good. They're really good, good. Uh, and they're, they're nothing to uh, joke about. So, so for us to be able to do that, uh, we were just able to go in, and pin our beers back and get after them, and that was really fun to see. Inside linebackers looked fast again. Yep. Pedigo. Oh, my God. And Casey Kelly shot through. I know he missed the sack, but he shot through. You know, and well, it, we'd like him to idle it down right. a little bit at the end, but give credit Cam Miller. He just balled we up and went right Cam, over him. Like, he had he had made that play. That was you know. an athletic play by Cam Miller. Yeah, it it showed, his, yep. showed his strength. He's, he's a great quarterback. Um, but, yeah, Case and Kelly, that was almost a huge well, game-changing moment, too. But credit oh. Cam Miller on fighting that sack. And you know, who else, you know who else is looking good is the uh, outside linebackers. They're playing faster. They're Ted Mullen, we've already spoke, he's just playing different this year. He's everywhere. He's, he's, oh, he's so experienced. I think he's well, putting himself in great positions all the time, you know. 
And so. hats off to our coaches. I think, you know, not only Joel, but I think the addition of Coach Dosh, too, where he was – that was his bread and butter, the D-line and the outside linebackers. So I think having him on the coaching staff has really helped uh, Na- us. In Navratil. That. And, yep. Navratil, much – he's – he. He isn't always coming up with a sack, but he's flushing guys. He's beating his guy and flushing the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's much different player. This you know, year. speaking of Coach Dosh, he and I have been friends for 100 years. We're both um, South Central North Dakotans, competed against one another. First thing he tells me when I give him a big uh, bear hug after the game is he said, I think it's all about me because when I came in 93, we broke the streak. When I came back in 23, <laughs> we broke <laughs> right? the streak. So yeah. he said, it's all on Coach Dosh. It's hard to argue. Hard yeah, to you know, argue. I, I mean, hard I'm trying to come Might up well with a way to argue. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I got a page full here. Let's, let's start rolling through this. Tackling, A+. plus. Have you seen him tackle that good? No. In it's, your it's time? Nice. Uh, yeah. Who was it? Um, Cole Davis. When Cole he knifed Davis, that, yes. that video yeah. up, man. That was nice. Yep. Hey, that's a big play. Oh, if huge. he misses that, that's a minimum 30 to 40-yard gain yeah. if we run we, him we down. We didn't have anybody close after him. Yeah, and he came in. Knifed, that was Cole Reyes. Boom. It, that's where the offensive coordinator is sitting up there. Tyler Rose probably sitting up there. Oh, we got it. We got it. Wait. Oh, oh, darn God. It. In the crowd, too. Oh. God, we only got three on that. You know what I mean? They thought right. they saw a big hole. Caden Copton did a nice job taking on the lead blocker, you know, yeah. pinning it, turning it back in. So that type, it all works together. Um, I said the running back, the running back run game for NDSU was pedestrian. I said that. I know people might have thought, what, what? It's pedestrian. They don't they got anything going. It's like, it's just, it's either. I don't know if it's the running backs or if it's just the blocking scheme. The gap scheme isn't there this year pin and pull isn't working like it should you know they didn't hardly speaking of which they didn't hardly run that against us at all no, I, I think one, I counted th- th- I counted two maybe three and I thought I saw in the third quarter they might have ran it again well fourth quarter they might have ran it again I saw one when I was watching it back but well I think why it, would you not it, it would have worked I think against us if had they stuck with it a little bit yeah more, or well and a very scaffolding off that right quarterback run game they completely abandoned that in the first after quarter. They, after they got a touchdown on it. Well, that was because our outside linebackers. Well, I, yeah. Right, yeah. That well, was, well, I know. We had a perfect call on, by the way. We did. We Literally did. perfect. However, we brought a safety off the edge. He was going to kill the running back. Right. So he kept it. He Good read by Cam Miller. Oh, the linebacker's standing there waiting for him, but he's in no man's land. Yeah. Freshman. This is yeah. what happens. He's halfway he in between in. each yep. of them. Yep. Uh, uh, well, you, now you're you're not going to get anyone. Yeah. You know, and it happens. Hey, we all did it. Right. You know what I mean? So well, I was an outside linebacker. Yeah. And that, you know, Coach Dosh is probably yelling at me right now from some of the things right. I messed up on, right? Because, you know, you got to slow play that. And so, uh, quarterback. But, yeah. but yeah, you got to get. It's get all right. That was a good read by Miller. But, yeah. Get yeah, credit yeah. where it's due. Like right. on this show, we don't talk about how great we are and then downplay the other team the entire time and talk I, about how bad they yeah, are and how they can't run the ball and we're not supposed to be scared of anything they do ever. Right. We yeah. don't do that. So yeah. what we do is we give credit where it's due, and Cam Miller pulled that because he read the outside backers. His his line, he came down too tight. He did. Yep. He, he, did. he, he, did got, he got excited he about yep. the running back. Yep, it and, happens. You know, you're fired up first quarter. Yep. Uh, you're, you're amped up, right? And just a little bit but, too much. Uh, quarterback run game uh, – they NDSU's got issues on the O line though with the way with the way they're still a good O line. They're doing that look over fake clap thing. Cam Miller spin back quick and clap, trying to catch us, trying to get five free yards. That just reeks of insecurity, guys. Yeah. I mean it just I reeks I of I don't understand that. Yeah, like 
God, we're so desperate to get five yards. I mean, it wasn't even like – it's not like it was third and two. Okay, it was like first or second down. Great. I guess if you got us, you got us. But you're going to take the time to do that? You practice that? Or, like, what is going on? You know, they never did that ever because they didn't have to, number one. But, God, when I started seeing that, I'm like – Things aren't, aren't what they seem to be down there. When they're yeah. turning to this look over and they got to confirm their call from the sideline now, they can't just run it. Hey, that fourth and two when Jeff uh, Griffin jumped, they weren't snapping it. No, nope. They no. were going to try to draw they us off sides and, gonna... and then kick the field goal and, or take a timeout and talk about it, maybe right. come out. But they were not going to run it. How many times in the past, what, 2023, 13 years, has NDSU not run the ball on fourth oh, and two? Like, Inside the opponent's 10? Right, right. They, what? And, and Kelly, mean, even furthermore, what? towards your point, they could actually come up to the line of scrimmage and tell the opponent what they were going to do oh, and, yeah. and get two yards. And, and yeah. they, got the they're, they're, they have been that good. Yeah. Right, and it was just, I mean, I, all these little things that there's just issues well, that they know yeah. they have. So Tyler Rowe is trying to cover them up with – window dressing and stuff, kind of like other teams have to do. I mean, Danny Freund has to do some window dressing, right, some right. games, you know, motions and everything to try and, and create an edge, right? Or a trick play here and there, whatever, yep. to throw them off. So. Yeah, and it was the play of the game, though, without a doubt, the sequence of the game, um, the McNabo sack, Siegel interception. 100%. Those two plays. Yep. I mean, it was 21-17, right? Yeah. Right yeah. out of half. That, that's, right out of half. That's that, still – that could go either way. Belief. Do, remember when we said, do you believe when it's 7-7 in the second quarter? Do you believe it's 21-17? This, and they got the ball, and they're driving. They're they across midfield. Yeah, they were. Okay, so we're, oh, boy. I mean, the crowd's getting nervous. Okay, we're looking good, but, uh, you know, this thing, the offense is supposed to be good of theirs. They score a lot of points, right? Right. McNabu beats his guy. I just splits him. Sack. Pedigo got in there, too. So, the, the, you know what was really confusing? It was second and three. I was expecting a run. I was just, let's just keep the chains moving. They took their shot. They sent two guys deep. I think one went streaking down the middle. I think that's what he's trying to hit down the seam. Yeah, they were going to take their shot thinking they could get third and three, you know, type of thing. Well, now you're third and ten. Oh, boy. Now it falls apart. You know why he threw that interception? Threw it before he wanted it to, or threw it off his back foot? Because who was pressure. in his face? Right, Ben, ben McNabal. Right. <laughs> Again, yeah. he did. But that was one on one. He just pushed the tackle back into right. it, and then got a hand up right in his face mask. Yeah, because he yep. he threw yep. it off balance. Yep. Yeah. And it was the same play we run. I think we call it bacon or something like that. Um, the little leak out, the leak fake stock block that Bo Belquist runs. It was that play. They tried to run it, and they're not very good at it. But they, they tried to do that. Well, C.J. Siegel, well, they don't run it. If you don't run it, don't run it, okay? <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, it's like – but, um, see, Mathis was the fly guy to clear it out. So Mathis flew down the sideline like he's running a fade. Well, Siegel, sixth-year senior, picked up on that. He th he, I think he could sense as he's turning with Mathis, he's like, if he would have thrown this by now, he would, it would be out. Boom, he stops and comes back because he senses something's up. You know, I mean, if you're throwing the fade, you're just throwing it, right? Mm -hmm. Well, guy's not throwing it. He's not throwing it. Smartly, six-year senior breaks back up, picks off the intermediate route, that play of the game. And it, yep. was, it was from that point on, it was – I think that devastated him, and it energized the crowd. We said big play, right? Big play, big interception. We need something to turn the tide. The crowd went nuts. I mean, out of halftime, they are a little worried, 21-17. Not anymore. 
Right. And they went absolutely crazy. That was the play of the game. Offense punches it in, 28-17, and it never. Never looked back from yep. that point. Speaking of Mathis, um, Kelly, your sight test, when you take a look at that receiver for North Dakota State, <laughs> yep. and I know it's not their game. Might have to start being their game, given where their running game is right now. But right. he is a weapon, and, and down the stretch, he's going to be used more. But they need yeah. to – don't they're – see, they're not a passing offense. They're not – they don't have it in him. It's the DNA isn't there. He's not running the right routes and stuff. Like the one time they ran a bubble screen to him. Well, he's Why probably one of the slower guys on the field as far as receivers go. Right. What's he going to do when he catches it? I mean, take two steps and get drilled because he's he takes some, his legs are like four feet long. Right. So it's like, uh, you know, to get going, just run little fades. Run, you know, run a, run a little skinny post. Let him get inside Let the guy. A little skinny, those, you know. Get the get that reach and those long arms. Right, back shoulder fades. Just yeah. something. Don't overthink this thing. He's running the wrong stuff. But they did. They did run a fade. CJ break it up. I'm trying to think who broke it up. It broke right yeah, into CJ his chest. Yep. Boom, and it went. And he broke it up right out of his chest. Mm-hmm. So that was a good pass. I mean, they they did and try to hit some deep stuff to him. They were which calling. They should. I saw for a pass oh. or interference, but I rewatched it. There was. No, hundred percent. No, no. no CJ played pretty well. Um, yeah, they, I got crowd outstanding offense. Let's switch over to the offensive side, guys. The third quarter drive, third quarter drive that pretty much ended this thing. Fifteen plays, sixty-three yards, nine minutes and thirty-nine seconds. Okay, thirteen runs and two passes. Okay, so I'm looking at this thing. I remember. Tommy had three incompletions, okay? Here's what they were. On this drive, he had one incomplete, the screen. Screen wasn't there, so he gunned it at Jaden Norby's feet. Yeah, it wasn't there, whatever. Let's live, go to second down, right? Then we ran the ball 13 times. (laughs) So Danny calls a screen, doesn't like it, says, all right, we're going to run it 13 times down the field, (laughs) okay? And it ended with another pass to Bo for the touchdown where he's spinning, spun out of the tackle. Tommy had three incompletions, okay? One was the screen. The other one was the tunnel screen to Bo, which Bo dropped, right. and that was going to go. That was a minimum 20-yard game. Okay, go. because you know there. what he did again? He caught him on a blitz. They sent both inside backer, inside and outside backer to that side. Oh, God. I mean, it was going to go. And perfect play call. Bo dropped it. That's fine. The other one was a fade pass, a cup for out of bounds, I think, on your side over there on the NDSU mm-hmm. sideline. Tommy threw that away because – I found out after the game he threw it away because Kupfer he didn't have enough room on the sideline. Kupfer's got to run that in. He's got to get about five yards off the sideline when he's running. So he has Tommy has time to drop it into that window, that five yard window. Mm-hmm. It was the the DB did a good job pushed Kupfer up against it. So it got Tommy just gunned it over his head and just moved on, you know, type of thing. There's your three incompletions. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like he, that's going to happen too. Right? He was nine for twelve. So the nine incompletions were all good. But the one day at Wes, Eliador is perfect. Oh wow, that was. A- and a great catch. <clears throat> a great catch, yeah. Tom, in here, what people don't know, which I learned in this game, a lot of those are RPOs, okay? Now, we're thinking, let's talk about this for a sec. RPO, in my mind, was always fake the give, run a slant, right? And he throws the slant. Well, that was the original RPO. Now there's stuff going on everywhere. Luke Skokna's touchdown uh, bubble screen, yep. quads, out of quads, yep, yep. that's an RPO. So Tommy can catch it and run. If the box is light, he's going to run that ball. If you watch the old line, they're run blocking. Okay. Okay. Instead, because it's behind the line, so they can be downfield a little bit if they run block. 
So instead, Tommy reads, they brought pressure from his right. So now the box is heavy, right? So he immediately upon catching the ball has to make a decision. Sees the pressure, boom, turns, guns it out to his right to Skokna. Touchdown down the sideline. That's an RPO. See, you don't know that. And, you know, this, this day and age of football is crazy. There's, and you'll watch, like, uh, Bo Belquist will flare out. When he flares out and acts like he's going to catch a bubble, that's an RPO. He can catch that. Or Tommy just gives it to the running back. But And I always thought, oh, they're kind of faking him out out there. It's, it was a run play. No, no. Tommy can pull that thing quick, gun it out to Bo. Those receivers are blocking regardless because the ball's going to be thrown down behind the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Right. So right, he right. can give it to the running back, or he can throw it to Bo, and those receivers are blocking downfield, and they're not going to get called for it because it's behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it's, it's a, the evolution of offense these days is just create the stuff they got going on. They got two things going on at all times. Right. And Tommy right. has to be the one to read it. Which is why yep. for def- defense and just matching up, that's why we, ha- we need a simple defense because teams <laughs> do that to us, yeah. right? Because oh, it's, man. It, it would be confusing. I don't know what I would have done if, if oh, I had to geez. go against our offense. Oh, and it's, it's one of the reasons I love college football right. and the offense is better than the NFL. In, in the NFL, uh, the defenses are too good. The guys are too fast. They're too strong. A lot of these things don't work. So you get right. a little more creative in the college game. Right. And, and like you said, Kelly, the, the modern offense in college football is, is pretty incredible. The things yeah. you see on a Saturday. Well, and the, the offensive line just has, has their thing. They do their thing. And let's, let's, let's turn to them now. We haven't even talked about them yet. Oh. They, do you want to give an MVP of the game? You might want to do that. I mean, if somebody said the offensive line was the MVP of the game, I'd be like, <clears throat> all right. I agree with you. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? I don't think – how do we argue, Matt? Uh, well, they gave up one – the one sack, they got Tommy, that one. No, he snapped it early. Oh, oh, really? Is that uh, – Yeah, well, did you notice nobody moved? Nobody yeah. moved. Yeah, yeah Borud. Borud yeah, kind of looked up at the early. sky like, dang it. You know, like that oh, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 I think he snapped it early. Okay. That's all. Yeah, it was a, it, well, it was a jailbreak. It was a jailbreak. Yeah, I know. He snapped early, and Tommy was, was, was lucky to cover it up yeah. because it was a jailbreak. He caught it, it and just fell down. Okay, so you take away that one. So one sack. Holy – I mean, they didn't really touch him at all. No. for the whole game um, hurried up maybe once or twice but other than that the offensive line really did a fantastic job and then mm-hmm. uh, hearing Gavin talk after the game it's like oh no I knew it was going to go for 10 yards I knew it was going to be a good run because our guys are getting into the D line and and uh, yep. you know just the confidence that our running backs had in our O line uh, that just yep. makes the biggest difference because when you trust the guys in front of you um, and they know their job, uh, that's an exciting thing to have on a football team. We saw a little uh, different Gavin Zebarth. What I've always been impressed with is his ability to read the hole on, on like an off-tackle zone block situation, but we saw a straight-ahead Gavin mm. Zebarth, and we saw his speed. quickness and speed and strength oh, um, breaking, you know, <coughs> breaking some initial uh, defensive lineman tackles, just getting through. Yeah. Um, so it was a little bit different, Gavin, but what a day for Gavin Zebarth behind falling that line. Falling forward. Yep. Always falling Powerful. forward. Isaiah Smith was falling forward. Yeah. Guys see were the stiff always, arm he had? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> guys were uh, – that's it. When you see the line moving, number one, okay, well, boy, okay, we're getting a push. When you see the running back always falling forward, not sideways, not backwards, that's when you know things are going your way. And a couple times I'm watching this game and – we don't get much, you know, crowd silent, whatever. We run up the middle, don't get much. I look over at the sticks to see what's coming up on second down, second and eight. We got two yards on that? I'm like, 
I thought we lost one or two, and we got two. That's when I started to realize, okay, the push is there. The whole thing's kind of moving, and the running backs are falling forward, and we're still getting two. So we were always ahead of the sticks all game. I mean, we're – can you – I'm trying to think of a situation. Were we behind the sticks at all? Third and 15, uh, no. third and 10, you know, third and long, just I bad. I think so. Not many no, that I can recall. I'm sure it happened, well, but I can't but remember. Because, like I said earlier, the first quarter. I, I don't, I didn't see our third down efficiency. I don't have the, um, Matt, do you have nine that for 12? I think nine for 12. Yeah, they were five we were. for 12, I think. Okay. So, and, no. but, but you know, that was, that was, it's easy to get when it's third and three, exactly. third and five. I mean, the one third and nine we ran, we just ran. We just <laughs> in zone ran and ran and, it and got and it. And ran but, it. And, you know, no. we had we did bring in Quincy a couple of times, obviously, in the red zone yep. um, on the touchdown, which we've done before. You know, that wasn't anything uh, new that we haven't seen a variation off that Quincy package. But I don't think we were behind the yeah. sticks when I – when I think no. about it, it was a pretty clean yeah. game. And always moving forward. Always moving forward. And, and when you say, you know, you, um, you know, the clock rules are really coming into college game. We've talked about it. We've hammered it to death on here. But you aren't going to get a lot of possessions. And that's why losing the coin flip, the Hawks were going to take the ball regardless. So in, in losing the coin flip, played right into because they were going to take the ball. That was the plan. They wanted to score first. And score first we did. I don't know that anybody thought about 102 <laughs> yards from Luke Skokna, but it set the tone, and it, it was just, you know, a, an incredible um, tone-setting moment. And then score on seven of nine possessions is, yeah, is it's pretty incredible. Another guy to mention, Jaden Norby. He did a nice job. He was very noticeable in the uh, little swipe blocking, cross blocking stuff. He was, he was getting after it in there. He's their physical blocker, and that's what they need. I mean, NDSU has always had a ton of those guys, and Norby was our guy in that game. But you know who I'm happy for in this one? Very happy, Seth Anderson, yeah. Barty Ogbu. Barty Ogbu came out of that. Grant Romfo. Yep. They left there, and there. Uh, I pause saying this, but there's issues. Okay, folks, you might not want to hear it, but they got issues down there. And, you know, I UND fans probably don't care, but <laughs> there's something going on. I mean, three guys transfer to UND, and I don't know them. I've never talked to them, but they've talked to a lot of people about one, their time in Fargo, and it, they didn't like it, and it didn't go well. And for these guys to go up to UND and get this win – had to have got, felt really good because all three are great kids. They're not, they aren't malcontents that left there and came to UND. Right. They're three great kids and Seth Anderson. Good players. Good players. He's, he's good. And he's a good tackle. He played well and I feel great for that kid. And, and you yep. know, we talked about it last week when Grant Romfo scored the touchdown yep. and the team erupts. You know yep. he's a team guy. Right. You, the team was happy for him against Western Illinois. And uh, yeah, you know, that's a good question Kelly and and you know I'd also point out that with the national championship on the line and I know in in these days of the transfer portal and NIL but they lost some players going into the playoffs last year too mm -hmm. and you go who does that how why would mm -hmm. you leave a team going in either you're the wrong guy for the culture of the team to begin with or you are so tired of it you're saying I, I got to take my shot and uh, the national title doesn't yeah. mean anything to me right at that point it's kind of interesting yeah. at that that would happen, but yeah, yeah there, there's like issues. The I mean, I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna yeah. do. But hey, you know what? I was gonna, I got check my notes. I forgot about this. You remember after Skokna's uh, 
you know, uh, kick return for a touchdown. Okay, place is going bananas, right? We kick off. What did their guy do? Do you remember? What did their guy do when he received it? Fair catch. Fair catch. Yeah. He fair caught. We just returned one yeah, for a I, kickoff. It I was at the it. goal line. Yeah. yeah. He fair caught it. I'm like, do it yourself, you bud. Catch it and go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. get your team where's, bumped up. Where's, hey, where's the response? Did you hear the crowd? Booed him. Yeah. Yeah, they booed him. We all, yeah, the crowd is booed. No, that was our crowd booed him because I think our no, crowd wanted to see them run it. No, yeah, you know, it's I, like, oh, let's run. Yeah. Let's go. I might have been the one of them booed. <clears> well, it's what like, are you doing for catching that thing? Like, my God, we just returned one. Get it the just, momentum back and right. do it yourself. Talk, talk about He's the psychology of football, dumb. too. Like, okay, let's, it's our turn now. You just guys. got punched. Yeah. It's our turn. You let's just do got it back punched in the mouth. You got to come back with something. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. Right. Fair catch. I'm going to uh, – you know, the one thing is – and, guys, you know how much I love football, but you've also heard me say when it gets down to the ugliness of football and fandom and everything else. And I, this is just – I, I know the Bison fans don't listen to us and don't care what we have to say, but I always say it's football. Ain't nobody curing cancer. It's okay. important. It's important. Yep. But ain't nobody curing cancer. So <laughs> the point is I, I want to turn the discussion a little bit to the on, on the two of you and say, what does this do and where do the Hawks go from here? We know for the team. They have to focus, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in segment two. They have to focus because they've got a big battle down in uh, Cedar Falls. But what does it do recruiting? What does it do for the culture, Matt? Well, I think it's a turning point in the program, and you know anybody on the south end of the valley is going to say, well, it's our Super Bowl and stuff like that, where you know, it's a big game for us. But also, uh, if you're a recruit and you have a decision to make, and you're looking at the culture of both teams and you're looking at the offense and defense and all the, all the things that go into it. And well, do I want to go to this school or that school? And you look at UND and, and you got a lot of things going for you and uh, the culture and the, the way they present the games and then just bringing the alumni back. Uh, and we got a lot of good things going for us and uh, recruitment wise, I think the writing's on the wall. We're getting guys from the metro area. We're getting guys that we're winning recruit battles, and I, this is just icing on the cake. I think. Well, yeah, they. I don't. I think they got a lot of guys in the past, you know, which makes sense. But they got a lot of guys in the past that were just trying to gravy train a ring too. They were just going there. Oh, God, I'm going to win. They're going to win a national championship every year, and they never played. And they could have gone somewhere and played, but they're going there, and they're just, you know, it was because you could see. The reason why I say that is because as soon as they didn't win a ring, as soon as the um, you know the SDSU year came around, they, last year they weren't as good. Guys were flying, leaving yeah. the year before that even going into last year. Guys were leaving well, in the off season. Maybe that explains the transfer portal last year too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We saw the it's, forest from the trees. So and yeah, it's it's I don't know. They're I don't know. It's it's interesting because there's. I, I you know, guarantee you guys were just coming there and thinking they could get a ring and we're always going to be in it and hopefully I play and whatever and when other schools were better for you, well, better fit, you right. know. And, and it's interesting because their media even has brought up the Trey Lance game from the summer, uh, the fall of 2020. We know 
right. from friends within the program that the players were very much against the Trey Lance game. They put in an entire fall. When he looked terrible. And in he the didn't game look too. good in that central <laughs> uh, Missouri game. But the other thing was they put in an entire fall for one player, and it was really a decision that was questioned by the players oh, because okay. they were looking yeah. at it saying, you know, we're doing this for one guy. And, 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 you know, you go through a football season, that's a lot of wear and tear on your body, and then they got to do it in the spring again. Um, but even yeah. the media is, is – uh, the Bison media is starting to question the Trey Lance game and the, the decision to, to play that. Uh, emotional day, uh, obviously, for Bubba. We saw that after the game. Yep. Um, you know, Dale Lennon in attendance in his 47 throwback which is, yeah, that's real. That, that was yep. his, his jersey. <laughs> so I was talking to him um, before the game. I kind of grabbed him. I'm like, is this the original? Like, yep, real. this is the original. <laughs> <laughs> that was real. Um, Roger Thomas, Roger and Dorothy Drew, uh, their son Drew, uh, yeah. were in attendance. Roger and Dorothy were there. In fact, I had a chance to run into Dorothy after the game. She's looking for Roger. And I said, you know, uh, she said, have you seen Roger? And I said, well, he, he's talking to Bubba. He wants to get back into coaching. This is a lot of fun. And she yeah. said, not a chance. <laughs> yeah. Dorothy said, no, right. we're, we're not going to be doing that. But, but the, the thing is, you know, something Bubba said in his post game, and it is so true. This game is very important to the programs. I, I think without a question, the rivalry is back. Jeff Kolpak said to us a few years ago when we asked him, he was on 360, and we said, Jeff, what's it going to take? He said, it's going to take, we need a Jimmy Saucer moment. We need something to happen. Um, that's something to happen to, to bring that rivalry really to the forefront for both teams could have happened in the Alaris on Saturday. And that is, you know, a dominating performance that isn't going to sit well with Bison. It isn't going to sit well with Bison faithful and the Hawks have to come in to the Fargo dome next year, but even more so, you know, Bubba talked about what this means to the former players and you guys played and you have your circle of friends and circle of alumni. And I'm going to point something out, even from my playing time. And again, you know, I played, um, a low level of football, NAI football, but anybody who's out there that says, is it, is the camaraderie the same? You doggone right it is. You're out there trying to win. So whether you're playing for the Jimmies, the Hawks, or the University of Michigan, um, football culture is football culture. And one thing I thought of was, and I want to make this point, whenever I see these numbers, here's the guys I think of. Roger Thomas said something years ago. I've said it on this show before. Roger got emotional at homecoming at a Sioux Boosters. And he said, you know, um, he was still a head coach at UND, and he goes, it isn't about the wins and losses. That isn't what you remember. It's the guys. It's the guys. Yeah. It's the brotherhood. When I see 39, it doesn't matter if it's an NFL game or if it's uh, a Fighting Hawk game. 39 to me is Wayne Dowen, the guy I played with. Never saw the field, but he was a hell of a practice guy. Yeah. There every day became lifelong friends. All of these guys are lifelong friends. 86 is Richard Bubach. It might be Gunderson now. But 86, Richard Bubak, 42, one of the greatest guys uh, I've ever known, Tim Smiley Cannon, one of the hardest working, hardest playing. You guys have that too. I'm sure yep. when you see a number, that's who you think of. You see those numbers every day in practice. It is the brotherhood. Mm -hmm. That's what this game, this UND-NDSU game, is about the guys. Right. And I think that's a basis for a good culture and a basis for a program. I mean, it's just the way it is. And we, yeah, we're proud. We're proud that we won and everybody's celebrating and everybody thinks it's a huge win. You can downplay it all you want, but we're going to enjoy it. And right. we do, <laughs> we're loving it and we think it's a big deal. And we always will think it's a big deal. You know, just if we beat South Dakota State, uh, great, cool win. You know, we'd, we'd have had a 20-minute recap today. Right. We probably would have glossed mm -hmm. over it. 
but this one means more. Right. And I know you need, and for anyone and NDSU that thinks it doesn't mean more, go hop on social media. Right. Because now that you finally lost, it's a complete meltdown and now people's true feelings are coming out mm-hmm. and it did mean something. Yeah. Not only does it mean something to us, but I love for the fact that these players got this opportunity to win this game too. Because in ten years from now, they're going to look back and like, "Wow, that was a really special." That was a moment. day. That what was a day. day that we had. And then, you know, the future is going to tell. But, but right. these guys, these guys are going to look back on that day, and that that was a really significant win in UND football history. Well, we're going to invoke the ninety-six hour rule because we record on Wednesday. We got to. <laughs> we are going to have to turn our attention. Fifty-two um, minute recap rule. Fifty-two minute <laughs> or recap whatever we're at. Right we we had a request. We had a request to go yep. two hours. We might break that today. Right. Um, but what we are going to do, um, first of all, we are going to thank our man Kelly Howe, mm-hmm. the Kelly Howe Agency, Nodak Mutual Insurance. Rewind, what a rewind it was. But we are going to finish up by taking a look around the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Mm-hmm. We did not have the only game in the Missouri Valley, and I'm going to read some scores, and you guys are going to tell me if you're surprised or not. Um, we were certainly the big game. Otherwise, here was probably the second biggest game in the Missouri Valley last week. The Coyotes, South Dakota Downs, Youngstown State, 34-31. What got into the Oats this year? Yeah. Jeez, I, I mean, I, well. good, good for them. Right. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not hating it. I'm just saying, geez, they were, weren't they 3-8 and eight last year? Yeah. yeah. And they didn't bring in a ton they of transfers not. or anything? They nope. just believing or yeah. what's going on down there? It must be because the, that's Lord, an impressive They look game, good. Man. They've always had good defense. I've always liked the way they, they play defense. They, they hit, they, they pop you. Yeah. They're good. Yeah. And often struggled team. at times, but could run the ball. This year, maybe they just put it together. I don't know, but they're they're for real. That's going to be a hell of a game in three weeks. we got to be that's down there. Yeah, that's yeah, last game of our – I don't care if they're 1-10, and 10, we struggle down there. Yep. Okay, so now they're good. That's going to be a tough game. Yeah. Jeez. South Dakota State rolls our upcoming appoint, opponent 41-6. to six. We're going to talk oh. more about that in, in segment two. And then I'm just going to roll through these three games because they were all um, – I'm not – no game is inconsequential, but they were all uh, – the, the team expected to roll, rolled. Missouri State downs Western Illinois 48-7. 44-7, Illinois red over uh, – ISU red over ISU blue. Mm-hmm. That is Illinois State over Indiana State. And Murray State, welcome to the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Southern Illinois rolls 27-6. Now let's take a look at what's coming up. Of course, we're, we, of course, are looking at our 4 p.m. kickoff down in Cedar Falls. Um, second to that, you got to look at South Dakota State, Southern Illinois because Oof. the Rabbits got to go on the road. Uh, down to Carbondale, could the Salukis pick off the Rabbits, Kelly? It's tall order. I, I, the only reason I'm a little worried about that is that even happening is Southern Illinois isn't scoring eight points. They suddenly kind of have a power outage lately, and it's been for a few weeks straight now. I know their defense is playing well. Okay, their defense, it's ironic, their defense coordinator left, what, end of July to come to NDSU or in July to come or something late, late late, not end of July, maybe in July or something, but came to NDSU. (laughs) So they needed to find a panic, find a new defensive coordinator while their defense is playing as good as it's probably played in a long time. So they're, I think they're playing more of a, they aren't scoring as much and Nick Hill's an offensive guy, but they can't tell me they're not playing a defensive style because they're not, you know, they're playing tight games. 
and I haven't watched enough to know if they're just keeping their butt covered all game or whatever. But they were scoring a little bit early, but they're scuffling. That's not a good recipe, is my point, Especially for the Jacks' the top, defense. Yeah, yeah. And the top team in the country coming in. Uh, uh, could be a loser-out game here, folks, in Youngstown. Illinois State travels to Youngstown State. Yeah, loser offer. Who was it? Was it Illinois State? I was saying that was a horrible schedule, right? Like they, they got to win eight or they're not they gotta in. They got to win eight or they're not in. And, yep. they, and, and most of and their And they already dropped game, Eastern Illinois. They got to come into the Alara Center yet. Yeah, this year, I the think last game of the year. That's pretty much Youngstown. I mean, they've had good energy in that program this year. They're hoping mm-hmm. and they just keep dropping tight ones. <laughs> Jesus. Three to lost by three to Northern Iowa. Lost by what? Three last weekend. Then three to at South Dakota. I mean, they're right there, but I would fully, fully expect Youngstown they, to win that they one. They still though. have other O line back from last yeah, year. Yeah, they're pretty they good. Do? They score yeah. points. Yeah, they're they're just having issue. Right. They're kind of yeah. up and down, and they got talent. You know, it's just it. The energy is good because I follow you know on Twitter, social yeah, media. Right. You follow the program and their fans. They're up and they're into it, but they lost two games by three points each, and so they're right there. I would fully expect them to bounce the Redbirds this weekend because their yeah. defense is still good and bounce the Redbirds and stay in the mix. Uh, take the over on this one. The Leathernecks come in in their farewell tour. They come into the Fargo oh, Dome. Jesus. Will Oof. North Dakota State hang 70 on them? Oh, God. Yeah, they might. There. Woo! We're back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what we'll hear. They too, might. Yeah. They might. I, I think <laughs> start throwing you know, shotgun for I'm receivers. Being, I'm being Woo. a little facetious, but they might hang seventy on them. Oh, uh, rounding they're... rounding things out. Uh, South out Dakota. South Dakota, Indiana State uh, at Indiana State, and Missouri uh, State hosts yeah. Murray State. Don't skip over that South Dakota at Indiana, Indiana State. Indiana State is they, at home. They, they, sh- they should have beat Northern Iowa. Yeah. They had them. Yeah, it went to overtime, yeah. I think, and they lost. But they they aren't as bad as – I mean, we're going to see them in the Alaris next week, I believe. Um, but they aren't as bad as you'd think. They got their quarterback back. So he was hurt Chambers, I think. He was hurt the first three games, call it. Now he's back, and he's a pretty good player. But, oof, I don't know if South Dakota, you know, that's that's one where you're living off last yeah, week. Right, yep. Yeah. Woo! God, we're like feeling us, great. Right? We can't big win. Well, yeah. And then you go on the road to a place where there's going to be 800 fans. Yeah. And the wind might be blowing and the weather might yeah. suck. And all of a sudden, oh, boy, you know. Might, might catch them. How yep. many fans in the Fargo Dome Saturday? Oh, God. If there's honest. Will they hit 10,000? That's what I was going to say. If there's 10,000 there, I will be straight-faced. Yeah, that's about what I thought would be my answer. Who the hell is going to go to that game? Especially with the how down everyone is, yeah. and, and they're, they're all gonna, at each other's. Throat. And obviously, they're going to boat race the leathernecks. Oh God! And we, the, we, and the we, opponent. We, we've yep. seen the leathernecks. They're going to. Well, I don't care if I don't care if Southern Illinois is coming into town or Northern Iowa's coming into town. There'd be twelve then. Okay, they're not showing up this weekend. I can't. I mean, geez, people are down, and you're going to waste a weekend. One of the last few good weekends going to watch Western yeah. Illinois. <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, we're going to turn our attention to our battle. 4 p.m. kickoff down in Cedar Falls, the Unidome. This week's Development Homes 360 guest is Ethan Petrick. He is the Panther football beat writer for the Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Appreciate you coming on, Ethan. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. You know, um, in setting up this segment, I couldn't help but notice you have a 406 prefix on your phone number that must mean you spent a little time in montana 
Yeah, I'm actually from uh, eastern Montana, and I played hockey in a North Dakota hockey league my entire life. So your part of your your neck of the woods is very familiar to me, actually. Well, terrific. You know, this is hockey country. We record in Fargo. Um, Kelly, Matt, and I all live in the Fargo metro, and we record in Fargo, and it is, of course, hockey country. So you're you're eastern Montana. You're used to the flatlands. We don't have to explain the Red River Valley to you, do we? No, not at all. Hey, Ethan. Uh, this is Kelly. Um, let's jump into this matchup. I know you got a couple desperate teams this weekend, but looking back to last weekend, South Dakota State, um, Hawks fans watch this. We watched go, <laughs> our team go in there and not fare very well. And I was a I I caught bits of the UNI SDSU game, and then I I, I rewatched some of it. Um, you know they they fared about as well as we did. You know down there, that team is just an absolute juggernaut. Um, were there any takeaways? Can you recap that game a little bit for us and tell us what? I mean, it ended up forty-one to six, but was it just something where too many turnovers early and it just got away? I think you're absolutely dead on uh, with your takeaway there. It, it just kind of felt like it was over by the time you and I got the ball for the fourth time because at that point their drives had ended in a ten-yard punt and two fumbles. They get their most promising drive of 13 plays, uh, like 50-some yards into South Dakota State territory. And then Theo Day, uh, the quarterback, throws an interception. Uh, where Great play by the South Dakota State defenders. Kind of moved all the way across the field. Um, I've been told by the offensive coordinator that Theo just straight up didn't see the guy. Um, throws the interception. The player takes a really ugly injury. True freshman wide receiver, Jaden Ellis Leahy, he needs to be carted off the field. And at that point, uh, Coach Farley said on Monday at that point, the, the wind was just kind of out of their sails uh, in the game. So yeah, it, it was kind of over by the time uh, you and I had the ball the third time. By the time they get the ball again for the fifth time, it's it's out of their hands, and, and they're just looking to get out of Brookings at that point. All right. And those it, it seems like those injuries, when they, in the middle of a game and things aren't going, you know, your way of devastating injury, I guess, whenever they happen, it's like teams don't recover. I mean, they just, especially when you're going against the best team in the country, but it, it's so mentally, I mean, Matt, I mean, you remember oh, just mentally devastating. Right. Yeah, it is. It just takes the wind oh. out of your sail. And you might've said it, uh, Ethan, but is number 16 is what's his prognosis? Uh, Jaden Ellis, he was transported to a hospital that day. He was diagnosed with a concussion. Uh, he was able to return with the team on Saturday. Um, and when we were talking to coach Farley on Monday, he seemed fairly positive about how his outlook. I don't anticipate to see him on the field this weekend, um, but I don't think there's going to be anything long-term and, and everything we've heard good. since the injury has been positive. Well, that, that's, that's good news from a, a bad situation. You never want to see a player get carted off the field that way. When I saw that, when I watched the game film, I, I was like, oh, man, that's a, that's a bad deal. So, uh, well, and NDSU had two leave the game in ours with concussions, and the one was bad. They were holding them around each arm walking him off and oh boy i mean that's kind of once again the place goes silent you know as a the alara center was electric but then when those concussions happen and people it hits home to everyone in the whole you know the whole stadium goes silent and oh well, it's good i'm glad he i'm glad he's going to be going to be back and it wasn't a long-term thing they think so so anyway looking at the jacks ethan is it just uh is it them their title to win or what are you thinking after watching that on saturday it's hard to not feel that way, and I, 
my my grandpa, as I mentioned, I'm from Montana. My grandpa's a big Grizz fan, and so I, I sent him a picture of San Jose Dykehouse Stadium afterwards, and I just said, I, I think that they're on pace to to repeat. Uh, so uh, it, it certainly it certainly feels that way right now. Um, it, it's easy to say that after watching them just kind of manhandle a, a team that I thought highly of going into the week. Um, I'm probably going to have to watch a little bit more of them as they as they get up against some some other teams in the, in the valley, but. Um, yeah, it just feels like South Dakota State's running away with it at this point. Hey, let's shift gears to quarterback Theo Day. Um, coming into the year, he was a you know Walter Payton candidate, and you know big big arm can go deep. We saw that at the Alaris Center last year when he threw the, I think it was the first play of a drive, seventy five yard touchdown right down the middle uh, uh, in stride, and it it he was pretty amazing that day. But this year, it seems to be. A little bit more of a struggle. I guess he's still throwing for 270 a game, but eight touchdowns, eight interceptions. And I'm a bit surprised at that just because, you know, I follow it pretty closely. And I know Bodie Reeder came over last year and he comes from the, you know, Eastern Washington lineage of offense. And they looked mm-hmm. really good at the end of last year. I mean, I, I had them high. I had them number three in the league coming in, which they still could finish that. But Theo Day, what what can you tell us about his play this year and, and any of the struggles he may have had? I mean, is it surprising or have there been issues that people can contribute to it? It, it certainly was surprising through the uh, to the, just just start the Iowa State game, throwing a pick six on the first drive. Uh, that certainly felt like a gut punch right out of the gate. Um, but when you're looking at the struggles of Theo and and the offense in general, maybe and uh, and how they compare to last year's team. The offensive line is almost completely brand new this year. A lot of guys who had no experience uh, playing, period, coming into the year are starting on the offensive line now. And it, it, it took them about until game number three to kind of figure a workable five there. They dealt, dealt with some injuries as well as uh, guard Josh Volk, who transferred in from Iowa during the offseason, uh, needed to get something cleaned up between uh, weeks two and four. Uh, to get back on the field. So they've it, it's really been a offensive line in flux, offensive line that struggled to figure out how to play together. Um, we were hearing for the first three weeks about how they struggled to find the same depth of set uh, when they were blocking and pass protection, which is going to create bigger holes for pass rushers to get through. And so if Theo wasn't getting sacked, he was throwing the ball with a, a guy in his face. And I think that's really what you saw in the Weaver State game. He gets uh, smoked to start the third quarter, fumbles. Uh, one of his interceptions that game was off his back foot as he had another defender in his face. Um, so he he he's he's still the same guy that finished last year at the top in in passing efficiency. He's still that guy. He can still make all the throws on the field. Uh, it's just been a struggle to find the right protection for him. I think they are in a position where they're comfortable with who they have in front of them, but I don't I don't know if they're feeling necessarily great about their offense after last weekend. When I look at this team now, you played, I believe they played two, only two games at home and won them both. It's this kind of feels eerily similar to UND to where they've gone on the road and, you know, or they won, yeah, they won them both at home and then beat Idaho State. And then, but they're, are they a different team at home? I mean, would we, would we expect a, just like you see with UND in the Alaris Center versus UND on the road, is this going to be a different look than than you know people would uh, expect just looking at the if they just looked at their schedule well I, I think there's something to be said about you know getting to play in, a, in the building you practice and uh, for the whole week leading up to it I certainly think you and I look more comfortable at home uh, and, I, and I've seen them play some of their best 
uh, football at home, but I also saw them light up South Dakota in uh, in Vermilion last year. So I, I certainly think that being in the Unidome, there's a level of comfort there. There you, you get the home fans a little bit. You get to see your classmates out there. They've taken a little bit more of an ownership and going over the uh, the student section after each game and singing the fight song with them. So they're they're building a little bit of tr tradition there now that they haven't done in the past. Um, so. I certainly think that they like the the friendly confines of the Unidome over anywhere else in the in the country. With them having you know UND Illinois State on the road left, um, NDSU to end the season at home, but and already having three losses. Have you ever have you heard anything out of the coaching staff or the locker room or anything to where you know this is starting to get tight and maybe you know like Saturday's game is starting to take on a playoff importance. Well, I, I think you and I's coaching staff is masters of coach speak. So we've been in a, a must-win mode since week week one of the season. It, every game <laughs> is, is playoff mode. So, uh, okay. no, I haven't heard that in, in particular to this weekend. But Coach Farley is fairly resigned to the fact that you and I, you and I is going to play a top schedule every year in the FCS. And, and so every time you ask him about the schedule, he just tells you, this is what we do every year. So it, it's nothing novel to me. Right. Yeah. Well, they do. You know, and I, I give them credit for it, but I also follow those guys on Twitter that aren't very excited about it. <laughs> Every yeah. year they, they, why can't we just play two doormats, go two and one into the conference schedule every year, you know, or pull an upset and be three and oh, but oh, I, I understand it. But then they also, it seems like UNI is also around at the end every year too, because they're probably tested and, you know, battle tested. I guess you could say by the time the end of the year comes around, they were looking pretty good. So um, the injury issues, I know you had pointed to it in your article last week. Um, you mentioned one injury. Is there any other injuries that came from that game or anything, or are they actually getting guys back, you think, for this week? Uh, so Ben Belkin, a, line, a starting linebacker, and Ty Edwards starting running back, went down against Indiana State. Neither of them suited up against the Jacks. Um, they were hopeful they were going to get Ty back, uh, Ty Edwards. He traveled with the team, uh, but did not go through warm-ups. So it sounds like he was a morning of decision, maybe not a game time decision. Um, and then Ben, kind of similar status. I think they expect to have both those guys back. Now I didn't see Ty at practice yesterday, um, but who knows if he had something that I, I showed up right at the last 15 minutes. So I don't know if, if he was there for the first two hours and had to skid out early. Um, Looking at their two injuries from this last weekend, Harrison Bay Bowie has been confirmed out. Uh, Coach Farley said that's probably going to be a long-term injury, but he couldn't confirm. He didn't give us a timeline on his return. That's the number two running back. And then the wide receiver, Jaden Ellis Leahy, as I mentioned, is uh, he's he seems like he's going to be out for this weekend, but trending positively. Okay. So, well, it's going to be a big one. It's going to be both teams. Both teams need this one, Ethan. I mean, we're, we're all – we're flying high up here, but uh, we're a little – concerned you know you beat ndsu and feeling really good about yourself matt i mean real good right, right. And, well, and then all of a sudden you go down to, to the right? uni dome yep. well it, you know it's a potential trap game for us it's uh it's on the road you know traditionally we we struggle on the road a little bit and going against high a good opponent offense and a high power you know theo day is is no joke he's a good quarterback so he's uh he's gonna lead his team and and what oh. Ethan, uh, what's UNI's game plan? How are you? How how you match up against the Hawks, and what are you going to try to do against us? 
Well, last uh, the, the struggle for UNI's defense because I think they feel comfortable with the with, with what the offense has been able to do to this point that they're not necessarily trying to change too much on that side of the ball. The run game has gotten more involved uh, of late. I don't know how that's going to change now that you don't even have your number two running back um, or what the availability of Ty Edwards is going to be in practice this week. So I think it's going to be I, I would predict it would be a fairly similar approach on offense that you've you've seen in the last year and a half with Bodie Reader at the helm which is, you know, we're going to run the ball to set up the pass, and we're going to look for the big chunk play in the passing game, and that's Theo's mindset as well as quarterback. On defense, the struggle has been giving up the big play, the chunk play, the explosive play. Uh, that came back to haunt against South Dakota State. It felt like every single one of their passes that they completed was going for 25, 30 yards. Now, that was the number one team in the country, so you have to qualify it that way. But it has been a problem. It was a problem against Indiana State, who was 0-4 at the time that they played. It was a problem against Iowa State is probably against Weber State. Um, Idaho State didn't really find much rhythm on offense until the end of the game, so I'm not going to say it was a problem against Idaho State, but even Youngstown State was picking up chunk plays. Uh, and so that's been a reoccurring theme. I think if you're looking at uh, North Dakota, the 11 yards per completion is a positive number because it's less than South Dakota State, but it's still it's still it's, it's proof that North Dakota State's looking or North Dakota's looking to put the ball downfield. And so that gives you some alarm. And I think if you're on defense, you're looking to try and make make North Dakota run against you because UNI's run defense is top-notch. Our thanks to Ethan Petrick, Panther football beat writer for Waterloo Cedar Falls Courier. Uh, Ethan, thank you so much. Great stuff, great insight. Thanks for helping us get our fans ready for this Saturday's game. Thank you for having me on. That's been our Development Homes 360 guest. Since 1974, Development Homes has provided residential, transitional, and vocational support services. Get involved. Volunteer. Go to developmenthomes.org. We are going to turn our attention in the next segment to our opponent, the UNI Panthers. 4 p.m. kickoff from Cedar Falls, the Uni Dome. Uh, we'll have our Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview, the Hail Mary quiz, Kelly and Matt picked by Rumors, Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. But before we break, we are going to hear one more time from the great Jack Michael. Count it down, big cap. So for North Dakota State in this long-time rivalry, will they want to play or will they just take a knee themselves and let this thing move into the column and you can see it. UND defense has raised their hands, telling the crowd to come alive. Bison huddling on the far side. So Bison will come out. North Dakota State will take a snap here on first down and 10 with 10 seconds remaining. Cole Payton takes a snap, turns and hands the ball off. A running play up the middle, tackle is made. Five seconds, four, three, two, one, and it is over. North Dakota has taken down the Bison, and they're charging the field. The student body is on the field for the first time in Mission One Era. North Dakota has taken down NDSU. It's a victory for the flagship U.
This is Adam Stratton, and you're listening to UND Football 360. Welcome back. Wait a minute, Shannon. Was that from last year? What was that? It was last year's open. Why have I heard that before? Hey. What? Hold on here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you just repeating stuff from last year? Are we paying you? Well, yeah. like, I oh mean, my God! Kind of. for this That's, kind of. What the hell is going on here? You guys, you, you're kind of paying me, and you caught me. That is last year's open from the Northern Iowa game. It worked last year. I brought it back, and you know, when Johnny Carson did it back in the day, they called it the best of Carson. So I'm just going to call it the best of Schweigert, and we're going to come back. And and it is Iowa. We're going to Iowa. Right. But I cheated a little bit, guys. Sorry to let you down. It's oh, still I, a good open, but yeah, I mean, good. you know, I expected a little yeah, more right. Yeah, right. You know, like, setting the bar lower. Right? We are setting. <laughs> we are setting the bar. It, it's been a hell of a week, guys. Again, I had to, you know, I, my phone was blowing up all week because I have gotten texts from people I haven't heard from for 20 years. Phone right. was blowing up, oh, so yeah, sure. we did a little repeat. And you know, the other thing we need to do is uh, former teammate uh, Adam Stratton. Uh, helped yeah. us out last yeah. week. He was our guest because he spoke on behalf of the 2003 team. We didn't even talk about the induction ceremony. How did how did our man Stratton do? He did great. Um, him and John Bowen Camp spoke on behalf of the team, and it was a fun evening. And uh, Coach Lennon was inducted as well. He spoke, and and uh, it was kind of funny before. We took a group picture, and Coach Lennon has his list out, and he's like, I'm introducing you guys, and, and I just want to get – it was just like 20 years ago where he you know, he had his clipboard out and he was making sure everything was in order <laughs> and, and making sure everything was organized, you know, yep. everything. You know, he was being the general, right? That's what yep. we called him. He and, was the uh, general. And it was just it, – it brought me back 20 years, and it was fun to see the guys. And Adam did a great job, and John did a great job, and it was a fun night and a lot of horsepower for UND athletes in that room that night. Uh, Kerry Eads and the Lamaru twins. And, yeah. and Good class. Yeah. Great yeah. Class. So really honored to be part of it. So thank you uh, to Adam. We had a great segment with him last week. And this is the Thunder Lake Lodge 360 game preview. My apologies to our sponsor, Craig Riando, for pulling the rerun. Sorry, man, Craig. I know you always do original stuff. We didn't do original. <laughs> yeah. um, we ran a repeat, but... Let's talk a little bit about Thunder Lake Lodge before we preview our 4 p.m. kickoff in the Unidome against the Panthers. You know, a little bit of chill in the air this week, which tells us seasons are changing, Mm -hmm. and it is definitely fall heading towards winter at Thunder Lake Lodge. You know what people are doing right now, and it's not even so much right now. It's they're planning for next year. So actually, I was going to put the plug in this week. This is when he starts, you know, he still gets to start calls, whatever, come in for May, June, July, August, next summer, because you got to lock him in. Right. Or the week or the, the preferred cabin that you like is taken. So actually things right now is all, it's all, you know, shut down the cabins that aren't, aren't winterized type of thing. But he, but he has many ready. He has winter cabins ready. So yeah, it's a, it's a hell of a setup, but yeah, so, I, I wouldn't, what I would say is, Matt, is don't wait. Well, if you're going to go to Thunder Lake Lodge, just hop on there and get the reservation. I'm going to ask you right now, put you on the spot. When did you reserve the UND football 360? <laughs> yeah, us? that cabin. Hey, you know what? I did work on the uh, CAD for his newest 
cabin, Craig, what the hell do you call that thing? Number two, I can't remember what he calls that. But the newest cabin they got, I drew it up in CAD for them. Also a little civil 3D, and yeah. so they got so they could so the builders had it and stuff, and it, it's a, it's very nice, very nice uh, cabin. But um, yeah, it's good setup down there. And he was texting me during the game. Our guy was fired up. Yep, he was he was sensing what was coming, and I got the negative with the positive in the game. And <laughs> As you would expect. Right. Well, you're always, gonna, stuff, you're always gonna get that from Craig. But he's, at the end he was ready to roll. Oh, he he's, the, you know, he's the most loyal guy you're yep. ever gonna want to find, but he's gonna tell you how it is. Um, you know, we, coming up in this segment, we got the Hail Mary quiz. We have our 360 game preview. We're gonna have Kelly and Matt's picks. Speaking of breaking the streak, we got some big news in Kelly and Matt's picks. Mm. Um, we'll huh. save that. We'll save huh. that for later in the segment. Um, but the first thing we have to do guys is we have the hail mary quiz where the questions are impossible to answer and the prizes are ridiculous this year we are uh, or this week i should say um, the person who actually ends up being the loser in the hail mary quiz is uh going to have to Get over to Matt Ann's house and take out the for sale signs from the front yard. So <laughs> that's who has to but, go do this. Wow. So we are going into this. This series started uh, the first meeting on October 9th, 1936. North Dakota wins 19 to nothing at home. Bubba said a little brisk for a fall day, but uh, he enjoyed the game. <laughs> and uh, the last meeting in 2022 uh, 29-27 North Dakota at home in the yep. Alara Center. Uh, UND, uh, or UNI, I should say, leads the series 25-14. This will be the 40th meeting. Um, here is the Hail Mary quiz. Quit looking at Matt's I always can't see cheating. Paper. He's always Not cheating. Superman. Um, in 2006, a transitioning, not that type of transitioning, guys, a Division One transitioning, North Dakota team went down to Cedar Falls and beat UNI. So they were technically yep. Division Two. They were transitioning. They beat, at the time, what was called Division One AA, uh, UNI. Um, they did it on September 9th, 2006. I was not at the game. I did not watch the game. I was in Duluth watching the Bulldogs that day, but I had I it on the radio. There was no, I don't think. <coughs> I don't think there was any nope. television. <coughs> I, I lived in <coughs> Detroit Lakes at the time. Okay. And um, I remember you couldn't get it back then. Streaming was obviously in its infancy. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it had to have been perfect, you know, to get the stream. They didn't have anything. Northern Iowa had no TV, no nothing back then. So I was listening on the radio. The radio set in the house, just blasting through the house. And, jeez, what a wild ending it that was. It was nuts. It was wild. The, the, oh. the Hail Mary quiz, Matt gets to go first. <clears throat> Name the correct winning score. In that 2006 contest, oh, Matt, you Ooh. go first. Oh, um, I have it in my head, and I don't know if I'm right though. And, and Kelly, you were not doing the radio at that time. You know? Nope, I was two years after. One, one year after. One year after. Okay. 07, 08. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, so the uh, and it was start pre, of the pre Midco. The start you. of the uh, yeah start of the um, transition phase actually in it. Yeah. You know, this was the year they declared they this were going, was but they were still D two. Yep. yep. And then yep. the next year I started the radio. Yep. Matt, what do you got it's, for it's a score? It's a close, low-scoring game, too, if I remember. What do you, right? no. yeah, you got? No? Way up? Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. It was a wild We're going to go to Kelly. you gotta give us. got to give us a score, or okay. we're going to go to Kelly. All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> 31-28. Okay. Okay. 
Kelly, what do you got? What was, the, what was the winning score for the Fighting Sioux down in I'm going to go with what's in my head, and I don't know if I'm right on this, but – oh, wait, no, I'm coming. Nope, I had an epiphany. 35-31, UND. Nailed it. Yep. Kelly, God, just that epiphany. Yeah. I was going to say 38-35, and I think yep. you're 31. Kelly, yeah. my, oh, yeah, how 35, about that? Yep. That's a great memory. 35-31, yep. Dale Lennon and his Fighting Sioux took down the Panthers in the Unidome. You know what's Huge funny about win. that is – Muss was talking about that years ago, probably when we were on one of those trips, you know, and they're in the transition. And they were all warm-ups. Northern Iowa standing at, you know, whoever's closest to us, laughing at us, laughing at, you know, where they were laughing at and pointing, and talking to? Weston Dressler. Because really? he's so short. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. he's so short. He went crazy that game. Yeah. It was, yeah. I don't know how many yards he had. I'm going to say 150 plus. Multiple touchdowns. Chapel was running all over him. Yeah, they were laughing. I guess Muss was just standing there, like looking at him, like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. And then Dressler gets out there. No one could catch him. You know, yeah, he was 5'6 or 5'7, but he also squatted 500 pounds yeah. Yeah. and nobody could catch him. Could run a 10 <laughs> second all over yeah. right. Ran so, all yeah, over. that was a little interesting tidbit there. You know, I think that's our first ever correct answer on the Hail Mary quiz. That's right. pretty incredible. Yeah. And, Matt, you know what that means for you? Get your truck and head on over to the Ants House. Oh, I, <laughs> so, I'd be proud to do that. All <laughs> right, fellas. We got a late kickoff, not an evening kickoff, but a 4 p.m. kickoff mm. in the Unidome. Um, always a very, very difficult place to play. Right. And the Fighting Hawks coming off their big victory head down to a hostile crowd and a venue noted for the home team playing very, very well. This one's going to be tough yeah. for many, many reasons, most notably mental psychology reasons, That's right? right? Got to be ready to go. Well, uh, and we talked about it a little bit in our messaging that just like our Southern Illinois game last year, we got to flush this win right. against NDSU just like uh, this win, just like we flush the bad, good and you flush uh, the right, bad. Exactly. Right? That's Thank you. That's the point I'm trying to make. Um, we got to get it out of our head as fast as possible because we got to reset, refocus, and then go down and play in an environment that we just wanted. You and I sitting three and three. They're desperate, but they're dangerous. They can score points. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we know they can score points because the way they ended last year. Well, have they been scuffling? Yes, but we already talked. You know, we talked to Ethan Petrick. He pointed out, well, it was they have the talent, issues. Yeah, they have the offensive talent. line issues. Yeah. You know which. When you look at their offensive line, normally, what do you think of when you think of Northern Iowa offensive big, line? Big corn-fed oh, Iowa boys. Oh, God. 6'7", yep. 330, can pull. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yep. they got two of them in the NFL right now, mm -hmm. Penning and Brown. And I think Penning's brother, that is brother, starting at left tackle. I think it must be. It's Penning. I didn't look it up. But um, he's 6'8". So they got a couple, but the interior of the offensive line is small. 6'1", the center's like 6'1", 280. I mean, very un yeah, – he's probably fine. You know, they wouldn't mm -hmm. play him if he wasn't good. But very different, uh, let's just say. I think there was a 275-pound offensive lineman. You know, just not the maulers. Like, look at the kids we got from, like, Cade Boru right now. Right. He's from Iowa. Yep. And he's about 300, 305, and he's very good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they don't have that right now in the interior. And I think that's, that's part of their issues, but – yeah, UND, they just, it's a mental thing. They got to flush this and get dive back into the tape. The biggest thing you can do is get off your phone, which now phones are available for everyone. Well, we didn't have that problem, but get off your phone and dive into tape for Northern Iowa. Mm -hmm. Distract yourself with Northern Iowa tape. 
or go watch their game. Pull it up on Watch ESPN if you're at home and you're really bored and you don't have access to Huddle or something. Okay, <laughs> go watch Northern Iowa. Do anything you can to think Northern Iowa. How do we beat Northern Iowa? What are they good at? Go read an article. Hey, what? A, you know, go find it. That's what I did. I read an article about them. Oh, you learn a little bit. Mm-hmm. Ethan Petrick pointed out the injuries they had. Did a good job with it. And that's the big, the biggest challenge this week. Besides, we're going to get into Northern Iowa. They're a challenge in themselves. But Bubba recalibrating this thing. Ooh, mm-hmm. can he hit the reset button with this team? It's hard. Yeah, it's hard to do. I yep. think you know. Well, we we got up for the for the NDSU game, so I right. think it's certainly within the realm of possibility that we can we have the staff and we have the players to be able to reset because they proved that they were ready psychologically for NDSU on Saturday. I, I got a good question, and you know, being that I got a direct line to the head ball coach, I should know this. Is this a bus trip? No, this I is a think flight. So is it? I don't know. No, I I don't know. I'm no, assuming they're flying. Hell no, that would be a long. Yeah, that's bus a long trip. bus trip. But I don't. Uh, I think they fly. I think they fly. I'd assume you. What's the Cedar Rapids? Cedar Not the Rapids. big town right next. Yeah, to Cedar right? Rapids. Yeah, so they yeah. fly into Cedar Rapids. Would have an international or, airport, or wouldn't they? Waterloo. Yeah. Waterloo might have a. Uh, is that bigger assume. than Cedar Falls? I don't know. You know, it, well, Cedar Falls is small. It's not just it, right next to Cedar Rapids. I it, thought it right just, outside of it. Cedar Falls is just north of Cedar Rapids. Yeah, you know, Cedar Rapids is a big one, right? Yeah, that bigger yeah, town. Yeah. They got to have an airport they that do. can handle Actually, it. Actually, I stayed next to it when, at my you uh, know, eighty three twenty or whatever. So, they fellas, not only airport. did I repeat, so. not only did I repeat an open, I kind of ignored my show prep this week too because I, I'm assuming it's a flight. I don't um, care if you were busing. Chaves better have changed it after last after weekend. Last now we're weekend. flying, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, right? I'm guessing wow. it's a flight. Yeah. My God, that bus ride would be horrible. That'd be a long well, bus ride. It'd be as bad. It'd be to Vermilion and then go left. Yep. For, for past that, then go left another yeah, three hours. I, I always forget. I mean, uh, what is it? Two I hours? Forget You'd too. probably go to the cities and south. You got two cities hours. Cities and south. Is it's, that quicker? It's two, yeah, okay. it's it two hours. Like an hour. It's okay. two hours yeah, from the cities. Okay. It's two hours from Minneapolis. God, I um, hope they don't bust. I, I would imagine it's a flight. But anyway, I digress. I'm yeah. sorry. You know, Ooh, one, now you one, got me all worried. One, one simple text, and I could have answered this question, and I apologize to our listeners for even yeah, If only we knew someone Yeah, if only we knew someone who could answer that question. But, hey, looking at this game, though, you guys, look, the rest of our schedule, we win this one. Things are looking pretty good. You know, I mean, obviously South Dakota, yeah. that's going to be, oh, gosh, that's a whole nother world. We'll get to that. Right. That's kind of like the NDSU-South Dakota State game. That's turning into the mark, probably the third marquee game on our schedule now when before is probably sixth. You know, now we'll worry about that one when we get there. But next, the next two weeks – we got Indiana State and Murray State. Yeah. We're going to win those two. So you get Northern Iowa this week. Come on. I don't care if you win by one. Get the hell get the out w. of that the Uni Dome and get, get your home. ass back up to Grand Forks. <laughs> right. hey, and you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those games where we don't know what to expect. And if they came out flat, all right, I wouldn't be shocked and I wouldn't be mad at them. I would hope that the seniors, you know, the, the guy – a quarter of the team might be flat or something that doesn't understand how it works, but I would hope the older guys right. kind of rein it in, dial and it in a little bit, gut us, in, gut us through a win type so, of thing. But I think the switch flipped with, with the intensity and the focus of this team this I past also, two weeks yeah. because uh, the, what we brought on Saturday, we switched a f- or flipped a switch because just the senior leadership, 
the role that they played well, in this past weekend, I think they are on a mission now, and they are right. going to get our team ready well, to play. Well, we saw some of that, Matt, in the Western Illinois game. We did. Malachi 100%. McNeil and, yes. and Captain Ted. Um, you know, those those guys were pumped up. They were fired the up. The last two weeks, uh, yeah. like the, the, okay. after our two losses, I think, we reset, refocused. Yeah. Okay, we need to do something here, guys. We have a special team. So, Kelly, what are you – on your game notes, what are you looking at this weekend? Defensively for Northern Iowa, D-line is very good. Okay, this D-line is much better than NDSU's. Okay, much better. I would I – would, I don't know if I'd rank it number one, number – they're as good as – they're up there with South Probably Dakota two, State. Three, yeah, because yeah, South Dakota State's defensive line is good this year, but they lost some guys. I mean, they they can be had if you get them going in a right environment. You know, they're not – but the rest of their teams are damn good well, too. But I'm not – I digress on SDSU. But I would say you and I, this is the best D-line we'll face. I'll just put them up there with SDSU. They're pretty yeah. good. They got big kids, and yeah. they're – Six, you know, you already got six five, two mm-hmm. two eighty guy. Then you got the three hundred and ten pounder in the middle. He's I was watching him. He's got a little, uh, he's got a little Jeffrey Griffin to him. He's slapping, fighting, clawing. He he's not messing around in there. Right. So in my notes, ooh. I had SDSU had trouble with inside zone. That's that's yep. telling. Right. With uh, with going up, uh, against Danny against. Freund has to think a little bit more this yeah, week. He does. You know, it's not last week's game plan. Sure, we're going to try it, of course, because the path of least resistance is just to hand the ball off, right? I mean, just let's just oh, that's working great. I don't have to run the rest of my playbook. You know, that type of thing. You start with that. It's not going to be that easy. He knows that. I think we're going to see the wide stuff. We're going to see some screens because they're having issues in space. They're having issues just like NDSU well, they, does tackling in space. They went to cover two yeah. quite often too. They sit in a four, yeah, four, four down, yeah. four down, yeah. and they'll sit and cover two. Well, yep. all right, we love that. I right. mean, that's our, we love it because man, we don't like man to man as much. I mean, we, we do, but we just we don't have. It's not as easy to get open, obviously. Well, we have know? a receiving core to be able to do that type of stuff right. too. So yeah, four man front, they're allowing about thirty one a game, which is not indicative of how good they are. They're 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 a better. I like their front. I don't like their back end. Let's put it that way. I think they can be had a little bit downfield. Now, we're not great downfield team, though. So it's kind of the intermediate. We got Tommy's got to hit the intermediates, got to hit the RPOs, like I talked about earlier in the show. I mean, apparently that's a big part of it, him reading the RPO. And no, die, as soon as that ball snapped, he has to make up his mind. Did you notice, Kelly, with throughout the, the game against SDSU, they switched from a four man front to a three man front? They went. They went to like almost a three-four. I don't know why they did that. I'm but. guessing it was because we were spread out, personnel-based. You know, I'm guessing was it? Did SDSU do something different? Yeah, it looked like they were. But did SDSU attack them differently or something? I, I, I don't know. know. I, I I watched yeah. it a couple times. I'm like, I was oh, watching. I guess I didn't dial in. The first thing it would tell me is that they switched they, up their defense completely, and then they ran a three-four. Oh really? Yeah. I mean, I could see them. They started in a four-man. But typically, front. you go down. Typically, when a team spreads you out, like UND's in a three-four, if a t- if they come in with ten personnel or something, we go to a four. We go to a four down. Right, right. And we switch back. Yeah. So I wouldn't know why you'd go to a four if they loaded up the box. They weren't going to a four, three-man front. Yeah, maybe. I they, don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they weren't doing anything on on uh, the inside zone, and then they started spreading it out on them. Kelly, we're uh, six games in, heading uh, down the. You know, halfway point, heading down the stretch. You expecting any um, red shirts to start using their four games uh, this weekend at Northern Iowa? On the road in this one, well, Rucker, 
Rucker was in there quite a bit, wasn't he? Yeah. At, def- at outside linebacker. Is Lance that, Rucker, it, geez, he is, looks the part, too. Is Rucker's shirt going to be pulled? Why or not? is he going to be a shutdown <clears throat> in four games? Seems like we need him. Okay. I'm, uh, he's our fourth guy. I don't know. I'm doing the math. I'm looking yep. at the, you know, I'm, I'm watching the game. He was in there quite a bit against NDSU in the biggest game of the year. That tells me, okay, he's our fourth guy after Bacher. So I would expect them to just keep playing him. You, you can't worry about saving a kid shirt unless the kid says, no, I do not want to go past four, which it happens, but it's not as it doesn't happen as much as people think. These kids will play because what you want to hell? be on the field. They yeah, it, it's save it for what? you know. And the coaches aren't going to save it the way the transfer portal works. Right. Jesus, we're going to lose. We might lose them yeah, anyway, so right. I'm getting my money's worth while I got them. Exactly. You know? Yeah, roster management. I would expect so Rucker okay. would be the guy. He'd be the only one. Um, wide receiver, we don't need anyone. Running back, we don't need Seidel or, you know, or Ty. We don't need them at wide receiver. So I would expect them to play again, but to purposely play them every game and burn their shirt, no. I mean, that wouldn't make any sense to me. And Only upon need, but Rucker's a need. Mm-hmm. He needs to play. And he looks. Let's let's looks get good. that newness out this year. Let's get him ready for next year. Right. You know, Ted Mullen's gone. He's graduating, so we need someone to fill a spot. But hundred uh, percent. I I got to mention mention um, wide receiver Sam Schnee. Remember him from last year? Yes. Number twenty three. Mm-hmm. Jesus, he's good. He's their Bo Belquist. Just six one, tough, fast, physical. Runs every route. Catches all kinds of passes. He catches little screens. He goes deep. He comes across the middle. Gets hit. He he is. I'm worried about Schnee. Now they don't the deep threat. I don't know if they got that guy that they had. Who that guy last year that beat us on that 75 yard? I don't know, but he was gone. Whoever that was, he was gone. And I don't know if they got that this year. And maybe that's part of their issue. Why Theo Day is struggling a little bit. The deep threat isn't there. The easy bomb post wide open to the fastest guy on the field isn't there. This year, but Schneezer, 32 catches, 557 yards, and four touchdowns. Like I said, he's their Belquist. The O'Day, struggling a little bit. Just, I didn't expect it. I I remember preseason, I think I had them top three, and I said, they're my team this year. They're the one I'm worried about, you know. And it just isn't, I don't know. To this point, I mean, famous last words, but it's not right. coming together. Well, they're lo- they're, I think they're looking for what we were looking for: is a big win, a big, uh, big rival win, and yeah. something to jumpstart their season. And he, Theo is a good quarterback, oh, and so never, count, never, yeah. never count you and I out when they have Theo Day. So uh, put they, up forty-four against Youngstown at home. That's so right. I think they're right. different when they get in the Uni Dome. hundred percent. So. Uh, being that it's at home, they're going to be fired up. It's their homecoming, too. Right. Uh, so they're not going to want to lose this game. And this, it, this is a pivotal moment for not only both teams, but, um, you know, see how the rest of the season goes. Yeah, they're only averaging 24 points a game on offense. Jeez, that's – I mean, Bodie Reader. He's he, Bodie Reader has the Danny Freund mentality. He's got a full playbook, and he's ready to use them at all times unless, you know, unless they're not needed. But he's got it all installed. He came from Eastern Washington, was down at North Texas. They run this similar type of offense. Good offensive mind, but they're having they're one of their issues. They're having stroke. They can't run the ball. They you know they're really struggling to run the ball. They struggle a little bit against Indiana State to run the ball. They couldn't run at all against South Dakota State because they kept turning it over. But um, they're having they're having a little bit of issues up front. So what I wrote in my 
notes here, deep ball defense again. Once mm-hmm. again, just like last week, what did I say? Defend, play up front. We got to send guys, right? We got to be up front. They, we got to take care of up front. And then it's one-on-one. That's all we can do is tell you, CJ, uh, Hembry. Hembry's playing good ball, guys. We didn't mention him last week. He is making up, a, make a lot of plays, a lot of one-on-one um, pass breakups. Uh, Kansi, they're going to be one-on-one again this week. Do they defend the deep pass like they did last week against NDSU? They did it. CJ jumped up, missed the one. He just mistimed his jump. Got us. Okay. But it, that would have, even if he gets a finger on it, it deflects away and then right. they don't, they don't have that. But um, this week it'll be, it'll be that again. It'll be the deep, deep pass. If we defend it, I think we're in business because they're, they're having issues up front and I would fully expect us to defend the run just fine. But gosh, a lot of notes here. New, uh, oh, which, Ethan Petrick talked about the new old line. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just new old line. I'm surprised by that. I thought that guy's coming back, but. I don't know if they lost. Jeez, I don't know. They were good last year. Real good. Remember, we, didn't we say they're way better in Nebraska's old line? That's what I we know. said last and, year and when, they, we, they, when they we faced They were them. in between uh, yep. SDSU and Youngstown for O-lines yeah, last year. Yeah, pretty good. Um, so, so very good O-line. Um, turn, right, yeah. If they, they they do turn over the ball. So, I mean, that's going to be there's going to be opportunities for our guys uh, to make plays like we did this past Day. weekend. Day has eight interceptions. Yeah, so, so I think – Tommy has zero. <laughs> they, <laughs> they they put the ball on the ground and and threw interceptions. Right. So I watched the Youngstown game and the SDSU game, and they they were their own worst enemies. So if we can get to them early and get Theo rattled a little bit on defense, and I think if we can defend the deep ball, it's going to come down to the D line again and our outside backers getting pressure on them and they have and issues forcing, with pressure and yep. and forcing and forcing quicker throws. I mean, everyone has issues with pressure, but right. you know, I mean, look at the NFL. But that, you know, it's like Zach Wilson's terrible. Well, he's getting killed after yeah. one and a half seconds. Well, then they, can't, all, they can't protect. Then him. all of a sudden, he gets time. God, Zach Wilson's looking really good this week. Right. Well, yeah, because right. he has time. He, you know, it's right. like it's not a mystery. And Tommy typically will have time, and then. Boise, he didn't have a lot of time, and Tommy didn't look very good. Well, crazy how that works, you know. Right. I mean, it's like, so I think, yeah, we we got to figure out ways. Simple again, simple defense. Let's line up. Pin but back you know, and go. were those inside pressures that we brought last week with Kelly McNeil shot through the one time, flushed them. Pedagogues in there multiple times. Were those delayed, slightly delayed, or were they just? When the ball snapped, then they're coming. Uh, two of them were delayed for sure, I think. Yeah, it Kelly's... seemed like a delayed blitz. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so they must have picked up something where the offensive line immediately goes to a double yep. or something like that. Is that what they're picking up I th- on? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay, if they don't see any pressure, go to a double. Right. Then you come. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And that, they, maybe they that's came through just... untouched. So that's, yep. uh, so that that's obviously coached where, okay, delay for a half a second and then go because then they yeah, it was interesting. clear the lane for you. But – God, it's going to be a tough one, you guys. Oh, boy. I just want to – all I want to see is W at the end. I don't care how it happens. This is one of those games I don't care. I mean, Western Illinois, Indiana State, I want to see 48-7. I'm going to predict – this one, I don't care. Right. Can you just try get the hell and out, get of, out there? of town? And right. either, either start the plane or the bus, which we don't know. Jeez. Yeah, right. So what, whatever <laughs> they're starting. Or both. Or both. Yeah. Or the train. I don't whatever know. Whatever it takes. Whatever it is. It's the train. You guys ready to – Jump into your picks here on this one. Um, Kelly and Matt's picks, sponsored by Rumors, Sports Bar, Grill, and Casino. And, of course, Rumors, 
Uh, got a new bus this summer, available to rent for weddings or parties. They were open at 10 a.m. this Saturday to get everybody ready, and uh, we don't think they've closed since. Uh, Billy and the boys have been our longest-standing sponsor. We appreciate rumors, and we got to talk about the streak because Kelly has been whooping up on the picks, but Matt, last week... Matt says Hawks 24-21. Kelly says Hawks 2014. They both got it right. But by point spread, our winner is Matt, and he ends his streak. He is now 1-4-1. and one. Kelly's 4-1-1. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so what a I week can. to do it. Right. I'll take yeah. that. What a prognosticator yep. um, Matt more was points. picking that up. Um, that means Melly. Uh, Melly. Yeah, Melly. <laughs> that means Kelly has to go first this mm. week. Kelly, who do you have in this one, and what score are you going with? We've talked about it to death. It's a long show we've had. I'm running out of juice. <laughs> i got to just get to the point. All right. I got UND can win this one. They, I, I, I believe if they come out flat, I'd be shocked, and I hope they don't. But they can obviously win this one. It's going to be tight. This is a, this is a South Dakota-type situation where you – you go into the place and you hope to get out of there with a three-point win. That's the way I view this game. It's you don't blow out Northern Iowa in the Uni Dome. You don't blow out South Dakota in the Dakota Dome. You know, just the, it's it's one of those games. It's gonna be a good one to watch. It'd be a very very fun day. I think I think you and will be all right. They'll be able to make enough plays to win. I'm gonna go 27-24. Hawks win this one. 27-24. Hawks for the All-American. Matty Nelson. Well. Um, Exciting game coming up. I think it's going to be a test for our guys, see how mature they are in coming off a big win. Um, I think for sure, I think we're going to come away with a win. It's going to be tight back and forth. I think we're going to match scores. Hawks win 24-17. Matt Nelson has the Hawks 24-17. So both our football experts going with the Hawks this weekend. Um, Here's what I'm going with. You know, I don't pick the scores, as all of our listeners know, but I always tell you something that's going to happen. How about a block party two weeks in a row? Malachi McNeil got the block punt last week. I'm going with a repeat performance. Uh, Case and Kelly, block punt. That will be a game changer down in the Unidome. Uh, Second special teams game changer. Um, for the Fighting like Hawks. It feels Hawks, like one of those games. And it feels like one oh. of those games. Not only that, yeah, Hawks were close twice, and they let up one time, too. Right. They right. let up on the one on the one punt because we weren't going to get a we weren't going to get a, a roughing, but the Good. Hawks actually let up one time when I think they had a shot at another uh, punt block. But, uh, again, uh, indoor football, folks. We love indoor football up here, uh, especially this time of the year. It's the Unidome, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 4 p.m. kickoff. You can listen to our friends Jack Michaels, Coach Mike Berg, and Paul Ralston on the Fighting Hawks radio network. Shout out to uh, Jack Michaels for the highlights that he sent us this week. Um, And I understand there's a lot of talk on social media. I understand it's an ESPN3 game this week. Some are saying plus, some are saying three. Check your listings. Uh, If it's three, if you have it on your provider um, if your internet provider has ESPN, you can get the game. If it's ESPN Plus, you got a host of 
places to see okay. the game. Okay. So, uh, but the word is uh, that it is ESPN three. I believe it is the Missouri Valley Football Conference game of the week, which might take it off ESPN plus. But wherever you are um, in the World Wide Web, which is told you I'm an old guy for calling it the World Wide Web, um, you can listen to Jack Michaels, Mike Berg, and Paul Ralston. Final thoughts, Kelly Howe? Good win last week. Fan base is fired up. Time to scaffold. I wrote my, my tweet. Let's scaffold off this thing. you got to keep building, building. Mm -hmm. This is the way you build right here. Final thoughts, Matt Nelson? 100%. I agree with Kelly. Uh, we need to grow as a team. I think coming off a big win like this, I want to see our guys refocus and then know that there's a bigger prize at the end of the season for us. So, um, And this is where we do it. This is where we have to test ourselves, and I think we're going to be good. Great working with you guys, uh, as always. Um, promise you next week I'll have some original intros. Um, no repeats next week. Who are we playing next week? Indiana State? Oh, yep, I got home. some great stuff for Indiana yeah. State. Um We'll have some uh, original intros next week. I want to thank our sponsors, Rumors Sports Bar Grill and Casino, Development Homes Incorporated, Thunder Lake Lodge of Reamer, Minnesota, Kelly Howe Agency of Nodak Mutual Insurance, and Interstate Industrial. Kickoff is 4 p.m. from the Unidome in Cedar Falls. A reminder that the UND Football 360 podcast is recorded at the Three Run Single Media Studios in Rocking Horse Farm, Fargo. For more Fighting Hawks football coverage, visit undfootball360.com. Folks, get your green on this weekend. Shout out to the hockey team. We got the goofs in town. Shout out to the hockey team this weekend as well. Folks, get your green on. Go Hawks.